Hey everybody, welcome back to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that focuses on topics related to English language learners and how we can make a greater impact. Highest Aspirations is brought to you by Elevation Education, your partner for ELL program management and instruction. My name is Steve Sophronis, and I am proud to be the host of Highest Aspirations. This episode is part of our special Look for the Helper series. Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood offered some relevant advice for navigating difficult times like these. He said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. The ELL community is full of helpers, and we are proud to amplify their voices as we face the reality of long-term school closures as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak. We are committed to keeping you informed and inspired with resources to help you support your English learners. We are stronger together. So if you'd like to share your ideas, inspiration, or simply share your voice, our doors are always open. Just go to bit.ly slash ellhelper to learn more. That's bit.ly slash capital E, capital L, capital L, capital H, E-L-P-E-R. You'll find that link in our show notes as well. Juan Arroyo joining us from Union City Schools in New Jersey. Thank you so much for joining us on our Look for the Helpers series of Highest Aspirations. Thank you so, so much for having me here. Um, uh, like you said, I'm a, a seventh grade math teacher, bilingual at uh, Union Hill Middle School in Union City. Great. Well, yeah, well, as, as we said before we started here, we're just trying to get some uh, perspective from lots of people around the country. Um, and you filled out our look for the, the helpers uh, form, which is great. So let's start by um, you, you're, you're a bilingual math teacher, seventh grade uh, in Union City, New Jersey. Um, what are some of the challenges that you are seeing emerge as a result of these long term school closures from your perspective where you are? Challenges are that um, pretty much uh, we were not uh, kind of prepared in general for this uh, change of um, uh, delivering learning and teaching uh, in terms of uh, technology and in terms of how we are going to deliver. That was the main thing. But uh, little by little, we are fixing uh, errors and then teachers are uh, getting into training, uh, school district is providing us training too, and uh, we are getting into this uh, another way to teach. Yeah, so like many others, you, it sounds like you were, you know, who, no, I don't think anybody was prepared for what we are dealing with now, so I'm, you're in good company there. Um, but when you say, you know, you, you weren't prepared to deliver instruction in that way, was it a result of, um, of teachers not being trained, of students not having access to technology at home, or a combination of things? What were the sort of specific uh, issues that you had to address, or that you're addressing now in this professional development that you're talking about? Uh, uh, this time, um, I'm in favor that uh, in the blended uh, learning and teaching. I was doing, as a matter of fact, but the problem I was facing is that uh, uh, the school district, uh, we don't have uh, a set of computers for each class. Right. Myself, I had to share with other rooms, and then sometimes when I you know, make up my lesson plan using computers, then the other teachers was trying to use, or sometimes a special test comes, then I have to give the computers, so I have to go back again to the, let's say, um, no uh, standard way of teaching. Sure. And um, 
and also in this particular uh, school, you know, since I'm teaching bilingual uh, students, and then some of the programs uh, they were providing us uh, was in English, and then for me, there is no problem for me to translate, but for my students was kind of hard. Then when I gave, uh, you know, they gave us assignments in English, and then I had to translate for them, or they don't know how to do it, and then I was teaching them but the, those things were taking me uh, time, you know, for teaching uh, for them. Right. Those were challenges, you know. I have, but uh, in the way I delivered my classes, I was good because uh, myself, I'm a full bilingual. So then I was explaining for, to them in Spanish and English. Right. So it sounds like you're dealing with two, I mean, your role as a bilingual teacher, and I'm really glad to have your perspective, your obviously expertise is being able to deliver both in Spanish and in English. But when you were forced to go online, it sounds like you had two problems, which I'm sure are quite common with other uh, teachers as well around the country. One, uh, you had, it sounds like you had computers in the school, but they were on carts, not always available for everyone. So you don't have students taking computers home from the school. That's number one. And number two, uh, the the curriculum or the lessons or the information that you're being provided with is in English. So now you have to make sure that that's accessible for your students who do not have the skills in English to understand what's happening. So you have to solve as a, as a teacher both for the tech issue and for the language issue. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, that's that's a lot. And so you must have been working... I mean, you must have been working a lot to try to get those uh, materials just, even as, a, even as a bilingual, I mean, to try to get those materials translated for all those students. That must have been a lot of extra work for you. Yeah, right now, for example, uh, uh, yes, uh, my district, uh, my school is giving us materials, but uh, I have two uh, EL students, two levels. The one, the basic, and the other one, let's say, advanced. Mm -hmm. Basic, they have problems because they, they they don't understand actually they just migrated from other countries whatever and uh, i have to myself doing another translation for them and then that's that's the main thing you know if i had more resources in 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 spanish that would be that would be great right and are you finding this these problems with uh technology that not everyone has it and the problems with the resources in other languages particularly in spanish are you finding that that's contributing to any equity issues in terms of access to education for your English learners in particular? Do you feel they're able to get the same uh, level of instruction online that other students are getting right now? Or is that, is that still a problem? Still is a problem. It's a big problem, I would say, because uh, in terms of um, equity, uh, delivering education for, you know, for standard students and for uh, English learner, uh, you know, you have an uh, right there, you know, teachers in front of the students, they teachers, you know, speak Spanish very well. But problem is that the teacher doesn't have that much, you know, things to approach. But at this time, I'm I'm putting extra time for me, you know, because uh, I I go by this, by saying it is what it is. Oh, fine. So no problem. So since we have access to the Internet, you know, I pulling out information in Spanish from the Internet, copying, pasting, doing the Putting extra time, yes, but at the same time, I'm happy because at the end, you know, the benefits uh, for uh, what I'm doing is my students. Sure. And uh, 
in terms of professional development, you said there's some training happening right now for moving to online. Um, how, how's that going so far? Do you feel, I mean, every district is scrambling right now and trying to figure out how to put this together, but are you, is there PD kind of in place right now online for all teachers to be able to deliver this material? How's that working for you? It is working good because uh, now we started using just one, uh, uh, I would say at the beginning, we, we didn't know what uh, platform to use because myself, I have a kind of extra knowledge in terms of how we deliver, you know, the online. But um, uh, now we have what we are talking right now, the Zoom in which we can deliver the instructions, uh, you know, more uh, synchronically, you know, with the students and then having them to participate stuff. And before we were just given materials and then for them, we don't even know if they are doing or not. But at this time, like you and me, we are talking mm -hmm. and then I can share with them all my class. Right. So you're using Zoom right now as one tool to be able to engage with students synchronously. In other words, you're talking directly with students instead of recording something and delivering it to them. Is that something that you're doing with individual students in small groups with whole classrooms? How are you going about doing that? I mixed. Uh, you know, the concept of this one is, is it has to be in a way that we use, I used to do in my classroom, meaning uh, sometimes I teach for the whole class and sometimes I kind of design for uh, what, what we call sections. And uh, in Zoom also we can do that, you know, uh, separate students in different with different levels or sections stuff, and then we can uh, differentiate, you know, the for them the concept. I mean, the, the subject matter. Yeah, that's great and crucially important. And you mentioned something I think that is really really important, and that is that you know, you have to find a way to deliver instruction in a differentiated way, like you are able to do in your classroom. Uh, it's certainly a lot more challenging now, but some of the tools that you're using, like Zoom, allow you to be able to at least approach that. Um, while we're on the topic of tools, you're talking about Zoom and you're talking about getting a lot of information online. Are there any other tools or resources that you've found over the course of the last two weeks that have been helpful for you and that that others might be able to use as well? Yes. Um, actually, I'm a member of the ISTE. And uh, there I found a um, good resource um, that I'm going through how to use it, uh, you know, because there are a lot of uh, resources we have. The problem is that how to use, how yeah, to yeah. implement. Exactly. You know? Yeah, sorry to interrupt. It's, that's, that's just really tricky. You know, there's, there's no shortage of things you can use, but to learn how to use something the right way it, you know, and, and depending whether it's user-friendly or not becomes difficult. But tell me more about what you're doing with what you're finding on ISTE. Yeah, for example, uh, use uh, a, a basil. You know, I just have a, a good, um, you know, let's say a topic on the on the internet, but the the person who is explaining is explaining per se uh, with an, another accent stuff. So Ed Basil comes right there, and then I just, I just mute the person. I speak myself as he's delivering, actually pointing the board stuff, but actually I'm doing the you know the the teaching and uh, that's i like it and also um i use uh, what's called whiteboards in which the whiteboard one of the whiteboards i don't remember the name but it goes on top of anything i know the whiteboards in behind and then whatever you put on top 
still you can just write around the material per se pdf form you got you put it on the screen and then put the whiteboard and the white with the whiteboard you type it on it because if you have pdf form you know that we cannot just just type on that but you use this special whiteboard like a like a glass and then you are able to to do whatever the students are looking and then you are the one who's writing per se the solution of the problem yeah absolutely I could see the whiteboard being quite useful for math, what you're teaching for sure. Um, and I am familiar with Edpuzzle, which is uh, basically for those people who don't know, and we'll link to it, you know, as you explained it, you can basically create or edit a video. And I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Juan, you can also put in um, questions, right? In the middle of the video, embed questions in there so that students can be questions. Yes, questions. And also uh, ask them to write or, you know, yes. And then once they do, they, they go ahead with the video. Right. Yeah, we, I, I uh, was a high school teacher for uh, a long time and I did a lot of blended stuff, flipped classroom and I used Edpuzzle. Uh, and that was a long time ago now, it's five years ago. So I'm sure it's come a long way. I've actually tinkered with it a little bit recently. But the nice thing about it is you can kind of use it for whatever you want. It's really just a tool, but then your, as you mentioned, whatever material you're putting on there is kind of up to you and you can adapt it in different ways. And I think it's really uh, quite um, interesting how you're using it, which is a way to make sure that students hear your voice and that they understand you rather than someone else's voice on YouTube or anything like that. And also at this time of, uh, of you know, we are facing is that it's not only just um, the subject matter, it's something else per se. I found a recommendation of uh, this lady uh, from ISDE that uh, we have to kind of uh, give them assignments how to relax, how to mm -hmm. say jump up and down, this distractions in other words, you know? Yeah, 100% agree. And a lot of, if you listen to a lot of the, um, the, the episodes we've done in this series, you know, as we first started doing this, um, I think school districts and teachers themselves were more concerned with students' health than, than academics. And I think that's the right thing. Yeah. You know, I've said over and over again, one of the sort of silver linings of this whole crazy time is that uh, maybe people will understand the amount of services that schools provide. And academics is just one of those services. So, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. You have to make sure that your students are, uh, are, are physically, emotionally, mentally um, healthy or else they're not going to be able to learn. Now, for example, I just gave out, I found, you know, a, a kind of poem. It goes like, uh, I will teach you, I will teach you in a room. I will teach you now on Zoom. I will teach you in your house. I will teach you with the mouse. I will teach you uh, because I care. So just do your best and do not worry about the rest. But uh, this it. one, I put a question to them. I, I told them that uh, you go with this one, this song, a poem, and create for me a TikTok, uh, you know, move. And then on top of that, you got to do this question, and then I'm going to I'm gonna grade you. But don't just do the TikTok thingy. Do for me the other math question. So students, I know they're going to like it. Absolutely. Yeah, you're in corporate. I love, first of all, I love that poem. I think that's great. Um, <laughs> And, and, uh, and, you know, you mentioned using a tool like TikTok or something that students are familiar with and that are going to have fun with. And you have to, you know, you, you have to use resources that are going to be engaging for the kids, particularly when they're at home. And we know, you know, that there are many students at home who don't have support uh, from, from families 
or from siblings. They, they in many cases, don't have parents who speak English. And so it, it's, it's really, really difficult. We've talked a lot about um, making sure the students are okay at home and family engagement and social emotional. So that's really a really important point as well. And I think that brings me to kind of my last question, which is really important one. I've been asking everyone. Um, we're talking a little bit about silver linings and the positive of this whole thing. If you were to kind of look into the future, six to 12 months from now, when this is all hopefully behind us, what do you think the most important thing uh, learning is from this whole thing? What would you like to see continue that is happening now among educators and students? Let's get into, uh, into the, like I say one time, uh, let's get into the blended learning. That's uh, for me, uh, you know, combining with a flipped uh, class classroom, it, 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 it does its work because, uh, you know, at the same time, we are kind of, again, prepared for something coming. Uh, at the same time, also students, uh, they like to use their equipment, you know, their phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then when they see us, you know, teaching in the classroom, they are able to answer, you know, questions and stuff so next day instead of wasting time a little bit on, on lecturing we 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 reinforce more about the topic yep and you know i i'll just say that as someone who uh i was a teacher for a long time and also do a lot of uh, tech integration stuff and i did in schools as well you know you see the value of it um not for the technology but for the sort of avenues it opens up for students and teachers and i think it's a unique time because now teachers are being forced to do this. There is no other choice. Um, and so I'm a, I really love your answer that now we're going to look back and we're going to say, hey, this whole blended thing that we had to do, or maybe it was just online, really, um, it works and it's going to give students some agency. And if we can combine that face-to-face -face time with the appropriate use of technology for English learners in particular, we might open up a lot of doors. Well, Juan Arroyo, thank you so much uh, for joining us on our Look for the Helper series uh, on Highest Aspirations. Um, clearly, you're doing some great things down there for your students uh, in math in Union City, New Jersey, and we really, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.